When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An Underdog Fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on underdog fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein, and I discuss Washington's 22-13 preseason opening loss to the New England Patriots. We ignore the game result and focus on the growth and development of various players. From Chase Young to Dustin Hopkins to Jarrett Patterson and Taylor Heineke, we go over it all. Why Bram thinks the coaches should be pretty pleased with the defense. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up Friday about receiver Terry McLaurin, why he'll have another excellent season and could be even more dangerous. And look for yet another underdog fantasy draft on Sunday night. I'll tweet out a reminder during the day and hold the draft at night. And now, Bram and I talk about the preseason opener. All right, Bram, well, preseason game one in the books. Let's just start off with your quick, instant reaction to what you saw tonight. Uh, I think the defense got tested because New England is clearly in the midst of a quarterback competition and wanted Matt Jones to play a ton, left the starting tackles out there even when the Washington second team came in. And so I think overall, and I, I didn't get a chance to hear what Ron Rivera said, but I think in the end, he's going to be pretty happy with what the defense did, considering that New England, I think, offensively was taking this very seriously tonight. Um, I, I think that's a good point. Of, yeah, I mean, outside of that, you know, sure, would they have liked to have done more on offense? I'm sure they would have. Um, but there was a lot of maneuvering around. And the other thing I thought was really interesting was the juggling of the offensive line, which does say to me that they are uncertain who their starters are going to be at left guard and right tackle. And the fact that they left Cosme out there for as long as they did 
and flipped Schweitzer and Flowers around as much as they did tells me that they're they're really still thinking through some positions. You, you know, it's funny you say that, too, because Schweitzer has been working there primarily at left guard, except for when Sheriff was out for a few days. And it looked like he was kind of from ahead. And Flowers was playing a lot more than I thought with that first unit. Um, I think Cosme, they want him in there because he needs experience. Yeah. I don't think anybody's – I don't know who's – I don't look at Cornelius Lucas be, beating him out. Um, I, you know, and I don't think Sadiq Charles is ready to beat him out either. I think they're trying to give him experience. But left guard will be interesting. And I think that's yeah, one I, – Yeah. And in the same way that, you know, New England decided Mac Jones needs a lot of reps tonight, uh, Washington decided Sam Cosby did. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, we've had a year off of the preseason, and I, I was frankly surprised how much New England played their starters tonight. And I'm just not accustomed I, to that. In the past, you get into these rhythms. Um, I actually think it ended up being a really good test for the defense how much they threw all those guys out there. Yes, and and let's go to the defense because, I mean, obviously the guy who jumps out is Chase Young, and to me, what stands out, we saw the the big the big play, and what I liked about that play is, you know, his hands are really good. We saw his using saw him use his hands. One of the things he worked on this offseason was fluid, being more fluid and getting being able to dip and get that corner. He didn't dip like a Von Miller, but he was able to maintain get the corner and maintain. And get, and get to Cam Newton, but I like the other plays that he makes. The second and 20, where he gets in the play, he's kind of obstructed on the play. Shield gets rid of the tight end, goes and gets on there for a three-yard stop on a second and long. Um, just a nice nice effort, speed play. He draws a holding penalty, um, helps with, defended that screen well because of his awareness. So the guy just continues to show up, and it certainly looked like he's, he's going to be Chase Young this year too. Yeah. And, you know, listen, he's getting a lot of attention. I saw, you know, the piece that Kimberly A. Martin did for SportsCenter. Yep. So he's getting a tremendous amount of attention um, and he doesn't shy away from it. And he says he wants to be great. And he says he's putting all the accolades and all that stuff behind him. And I think tonight was a very good sign of that. I mean, even in a limited performance, he's getting better. He should be their Miles Garrett. He should be a massively disruptive player. And it happened very, very quickly. So it's a good sign. But again, you know, what did he play? A, a series and a half, you know, yeah. whatever it is. You know, it, it's not a lot to go off of. But if, you, if you're going off first impressions or maybe second impression with him, because first impression was great last year, second impression looks even better, even in the limited amount of time that we saw him tonight. But he, And in that limited amount of time, he, he did a lot. He showed everything. He showed the hustle. He showed, you know, the, the the awareness. He showed his ability to pressure, and it's what he showed last year. I'm still a little bit I, – I want to see more from the run defense, and I, I want to see them be tested more in that area because I want to see is that really something they've taken care of. Yeah, I think that that's something to watch. Um, and this was, you know, again, a, at least when Cam Newton is out there, that's a pretty good team to, to test it up against. I mean, they – they went into a shell last year and became a rush offense almost exclusively. And, you know, it'll be very interesting. And this is their issues to deal with. It'll be very interesting to see who their quarterback is week one, because I, I think it's very like they're in a true open competition right now. Yes. And that's a very different offense. If Matt Jones is the quarterback, as opposed to Cam Newton, where they're not going to throw the ball as much um, as they would, but I'm with you. And, you know, let's see what happens. You know, the next couple of weeks, are they going to get tested enough with that? I don't know. You know, like, is Joe Burrow going to 
play. I don't know, you know, so I don't know what they're going to see the rest of the way here. Well, and I think the other, the other part of that is what I want to see is how does Jamin Davis develop throughout this summer? Because yeah, didn't, didn't see a whole lot tonight that says that he's going to be that instant impact guy. I mean, he's going to play right away. We know that. And Logan Paulson, when we, when I had him on the podcast, talked about him still seeing that, you know, that adjustment period and maybe there's so much going on in his head that you can't play the way you want just yet. What did you see from him? Yeah, I think um, there was a reason why he was out there with the second team. I think there, there's a reason for that. Now they're not as deep at that position as they are at other positions. So he has to play, right. Um, you know, to what degree he's going to play, I don't know, but he has to play. And so I think he falls in the category of someone who needs the reps. Um, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a coincidence that all of the sudden week two of camp, he and John Bostick are playing together because I do think that there's some coaching on the field that is occurring with a very established, very smart, cerebral coach candidate type player who is out there with him. um, And he needs, he needs the time. Like, D'Angelo was in the booth and he was saying like, you know, what you don't want somebody out there is thinking the whole time, right? especially someone like him. He's so athletic. Um, So it'll be, you know, I'll be interested to hear what Ron Rivera has to say about it because they haven't said much, but it is clear that he needs, he needs more time, more seasoning, but he's got another month and he is a rookie, you know, and there's a lot on him, obviously. Yeah. And I, I look at him almost in the same way as a quarterback, a rookie quarterback doesn't have, there's a lot more pressure on a rookie quarterback, but with what they're asking him to do, I think they're putting him in a spot where it's going to take him longer to develop because, because he does have to think a lot out there. And you, I, I felt like you did see him thinking a lot about where he needs to be, or maybe not being as aggressive as he needs to be or, or can be because of that. And, and I, I think because yeah. of that, but I, but you know, again, that's why I say with him, it's a different process than it is for a lot of other guys. But he's such a big key that he needs to really develop for them if the defense wants to take that next step because they are facing some really good offenses this year. Yeah, well, they, he has to play. I mean, yeah. there's, there's kind of no way around that. He has to play. Um, so, so, you know, let's see how do they help him. You know, I think that's really – that's the way I would kind of look at it at this point. How do they help him? And seeing Bostic next to him was a sign to me that they're going to help him on the field. and. You know, the good news for him is, you know, he doesn't have to be the stud savior. No, he doesn't. You know, they already have that in front of him. So I do think if there's a grace period for him or a learning period for him, um, you know, when the time comes that he feels really comfortable, he's he's very athletic. He looks and feels the part, but it it is clear that he's swimming a little bit right now. And that's okay. I, you know, I, a, I don't think that's a terrible thing. And I don't think it means it's going to collapse their defense or anything like no. that. But if you're anticipating him showing up and being Devin White overnight, I think we need to kind of slow the expectations down. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't view him in that category anyway, just he's not, he only started the one year at Kentucky. So there is, there, there's a lot that he has to pick up on still. And that's why I say with him, it is an absolute process. Listen, the other guy that, and Ron Rivera said afterward, he's not concerned about Dustin Hopkins, but there were two misses tonight. And I felt like on the second one that maybe there was some hesitation. It looked like he hesitated for a minute because the snap, I'm not 
blaming the snap. I'm just saying it looked like Hopkins hesitated. Bottom line is he missed it. What's your level of concern? Um, well, I will say this from the practice from a week ago, there were back-to-back bad snaps by Cameron Cheeseman on the, and I didn't, you know, want to make much of it, but it happened. Um, and then here we are first preseason game and the first miss, that was not a great snap. And they were talking to Cheeseman after that one. And then I agree on the second one, at least on first glance, it looked like he just hooked it and hit it bad. And, but I, I think this is not just Hopkins, actually. I think it's a whole battery. It's the operation. It is. I think it's a whole battery problem that they're going to have to clearly deal with. Um, but look, I mean, Hopkins did not have a great year last year. So no, I think a lot of people not. are going to look at this and go, you know, well, they extended this guy and they expect him to be better. And they're going to look and that hook looked really bad. But if I, I do think this is to me, at least initially, this is a whole operation problem. And they're going to have to fix those snaps, get everybody comfortable and get that thing back into a fluid motion because last year it was on Hopkins. Sunberg was clockwork. Right. Cheeseman is not so far. And again, it's early, but he hasn't been, he wasn't in that practice and he certainly wasn't on that first kick tonight. So hopefully there's something to figure out here because it doesn't matter that they're missing now, but it is, I, I am worried about it. Honestly. Yeah. This is now, after the practice, I, I was like, all right, you know, I noticed it. After a first preseason game, now you go, you're going to lose games because of this. Yeah. So hopefully they get it figured out. Well, and that's the that's the thing here. When you look at them and you look at the schedule, there's not going to be a lot of margin for error. So you can't, no pun intended, but you can't punt on that operation. And that's my concern is it's deeper than just Hopkins. And I know, like you, and I will say he's got to get better. I mean, he definitely does. I'm not going to disagree with anybody who says that. But if you brought another kicker in here right now and you keep having the bad snaps, it's going to still be it a won't matter. Yeah. No, and even I, and during I, the week. My gut, yeah. My gut here is it's the whole operation right now. That's why I don't want to really go too crazy on Hopkins here because that second one looked really bad. There was a total hitch and he totally hooked it. Yeah. And that to me actually comes down to confidence that the ball is going to be placed correctly partially because of the snap that's what really bothered me about that you know Bram I had the same thought on this on on that on that kick is that it was more that he didn't trust the ball was going to get down because it wasn't like the snap was so bad that it should have thrown him off that much but I thought it was telling and I, I had the same feeling that you did that it was a confidence that the ball wasn't going to get not that's not on trust way. I just don't think he trusted the snap and whether yeah, you know, I don't he, either. And, and that's, you know, like I said, it, that's yeah. And that's why I say the problem goes deeper in this tonight. It exposes something deeper than just, Hey, get a new kicker in here. I think if you're right, if Sunberg were here and those misses get the new, get it, you've got to get somebody. And I will say too, with Hopkins, if he doesn't do better then I think that everybody wants competition for him his competition is every other kicker who gets cut because they'll they'll bring someone in if they need to. I don't, I mean, Ron Rivera doesn't need to be wedded to this guy. He didn't bring him in here. He was here. So, you know, I don't think that it's going to be some lifetime pass here for Hopkins, but that operation has to get better. Oh, no doubt about it. They spent a draft pick on the snapper. Uh, They spent a draft pick on him. So, and you know, so he's supposed to be an answer for them for a long time at this position. And it's not to say that he won't be, but something's up and we, we need to keep an eye on it. And for people wondering about Nick Sunberg, he was still, when I communicated with him about a, a few weeks ago, 
he was still kind of recovering from that injury that he had last year. And, and, and so I, you know, I would not at this point, if people are wondering about that, that's where, that's why he's not in anybody's camp. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, folks. Would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance.com to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance.com, K-E-I-M, no.com. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. I want to go to Jared Patterson because I enjoy watching that kid play and brings a lot of yeah. energy to the field. What did you see tonight? Yeah. You know, it's funny. We were talking before the game and D'Angelo loves him. And he was saying to me, like, I wouldn't play him that much because I wouldn't want people to see what, how good he is. And, you know, I don't think that because he's an undrafted free agent, everybody had their shot seven times at him or more. And they didn't take him. So I don't think there's this huge risk of, oh, my God, everyone missed. And if you cut him. You know, he won't make it through waivers, even though I do think you have to think about it. Um, he's got the look of one of these guys that could be a major contributor for you, whether it's, I don't know about now, but in the not too distant future, he's got this, he's got this build that was noticeable at first. Not only is he pretty fast, but he's got that low center of gravity, that yeah. kind of, that hot, you know, that high, big thigh, very good core build. Um I, he looks like a dangerous player for them. And it, I, I, I see a future for him, I guess, would be the best way I, I could put it. Like, I don't think J.D. McKissick is in any danger of losing his job. So no. will this guy play very much? No, probably not. But J.D. McKissick is also in the last year of his contract, and we haven't heard much about him getting an extension. So they might be test running this guy for future third down running back for them. I thought when they, when they signed him, I thought that's what the whole point of it was, was to, to, because McKissick's in the last year. And if you don't sign, you got this kid, you can develop in that third down back. Now you're ready to go with him. And I like the way he catches the ball. You know what else I liked with him? There's a couple of things. First of all, I think he, he plays bigger than he is. Um, and when he yep. runs the, when he runs the ball, but he also on two runs, he made guys miss. And there were yes. some of those, some of those holes, holes he had, were really nice holes. There was, I think, one, I think, flower. I can't remember if it was Flowers had a nice block on a pool um, action. But two different times, going around the left end makes the, makes the linebacker miss with a quick little shuffle. 
going out on the catch outside makes a guy miss and gets extra yards. That's what I really liked from him. Yeah, no, I, I thought he's very shifty. He made people miss. They, you know, they're, they're starting to get a plethora of guys who are capable of doing things like this, um, yeah. you know, but it's the preseason and Antonio Gibson's their guy pretty good through camp as kind of the backup running back right now. I don't see much of a role for him at this point, but it is, he's one of those you stock away, like yeah. Samus Reyes, Dax Milne, him, and you go, these are guys in development, and in a year or two, you're going to be seeing a lot of them. Absolutely, and I think the other thing with, with Patterson that he's going to have to, we're going to have to see is the pass protection stuff, blitz pickups, those kind of things. That's a huge part of that game, and guys like, and watching him on the other field um, during practice, I think you you know there I like the way I like his approach, but I think he needs experience with it because he's going to have to get used to going against linebackers. How do you approach? How do you attack them? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's a lot that he has to us to learn. And I'm not you know he's not bumping Peyton Barber off the roster. Barber's a third. Barber's their short yardage guy, and they really like him. And Barber's quicker this summer than he looked last year because he lost weight. Yes. So I don't, you know, nobody, he's not going to do that. If he makes it, it's as a fourth back. The other thing though, is if he makes it as a fourth back, then you're going to go less somewhere else. So you may lose. That's right. Who are you willing to lose as a receiver to keep that fourth back? And, and I will say like the receivers, you know, the, the guys fighting for those last spots, none of them really, really jumped out that well. Gandy Golden didn't jump out. He had the you know, end zone, but. You know, it's funny, all along, we've been sitting here going, okay, which receivers are they going to dump or how many receivers are they going to keep? You know, you could make a case if Patterson can catch the ball well that keeping four running backs and less receivers actually makes sense too. So maybe there is a discussion about that. Maybe they're not going to keep seven wide receivers. Maybe they will just keep six, put a couple others on the practice squad. Like, there's a, there's a lot of possibilities here. It, the bottom line is Patterson can make plays. I think they already knew that. Like, they think they got a steal in signing him. Yeah. So, you know, do they utilize him this year? Do they – are they worried about cutting him? I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, and I think there's – you know, and I, I also think, you know, guys like Harmon and Gandy Goldman, can you, can you sneak them on the practice line if you want to keep them? Because there are things that they like about, bo- about those guys and – you know, yeah. DeAndre Carter. I mean, I, I've liked what I've seen from Steven Sims this summer, uh, you know, so we'll see there. And I thought the return game was pretty good too. Milne and Carter both had good returns. And that's how one of those guys is going to get on the roster because of the return game if they make it. So, yeah, you know, um, quarterback play. What'd you think? Ryan Fitz, let's start with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, I thought, you know, a couple nice plays. The, the, the catch by Thomas was like, when I saw him do that, like that pirouette almost to move his body, box the guy out, turn around. It's almost like this guy's played tight end his whole life. You know, like I know. athletic play for someone his size who's converted. Let's forget that he converted to play this play. McLaurin getting a big play. I'm looking at big numbers this year because I don't, have, I don't think he played enough for me to, to warrant giving too big of an opinion on it. You know, his numbers look fine. 
They didn't score. Oh, well, you know, like it was a couple of drives. I didn't see anything incredible and I didn't see anything wrong, I guess would be the way to put it. Right. And I liked what I liked on the ball to Thomas. What it, there's a couple of things with that. And, and to McLaurin, he throws the guy. He really trusts those guys. And you can see that already. And he's willing to put the put them in spots where they can go make a play because he trusts that they can do it. He also throws a very catchable ball. And, and I think Taylor Heineke does as, as well. But I think that, those are some of the things I saw from Fitzpatrick. Um, yep. And I, I think those jump out. And, and, you know, there's all sorts of things that we're going to see as we go on in a, in a real game. I think for right now with Fitzpatrick, you just kind of want to see, as Rivera said, you want to see a clean operation. And I think we kind of saw that. So yeah, what do you think? I think so. What do you think of Heineke? You know, I, it, my gut tells me the guy's a gamer, not a practice player. Um, and I think that showed up again here because you, know, you and I have been out there a lot and we've basically come to the conclusion this is not a quarterback competition anymore. No, and I still nothing, don't think it's nothing. I don't think so either, but there's nothing happening in practice at all that would change your mind whatsoever. And then the guy goes out on the field and he clearly has an interesting feel for the game. Oh, yeah. And in some cases he does dangerous things. And in some cases, he makes incredible plays. And so he and Fitzpatrick, I think, are semi-similar in that way. Clearly, when the lights go on, this is not too big for him. And I, I, like, I think it's all clearly making sense. Like, he, when the lights go on, this guy's ready to go. Now, does that mean he ends up winning the job? No, probably not. But I do think it's reassuring that after watching him in practice where you're like, oh, man, like this guy's got is, is really not competing anymore. The second he's on the field, though, you go, I get it. Like, I get what they like about him. He's got moxie. He's got confidence. He's not scared. I have a funny feeling he'd throw a lot of interceptions over the course of a 17-game season, and he'd probably win a lot of games with his legs and his arm and his, and his you know, guts. So If, if he holds you know, up. That's, that's how I kind of see him. Like, he and Fitzpatrick, actually, I think are quite similar – you know, I, I think they are. I think they're risk takers. Oh, yeah. and, and there's something about that style of play that is clearly really attractive to Rivera and Turner. Kyle Allen, same way. He'll put his body on the line. He's a risk taker. They like gunslingers. They do. They do. And I think when the things that I liked about Heineke, you know, I thought like there were, what I like is that he gets out of the pocket when he needs to. And, I, you know, some guys – look to escape right away. I don't feel like he does. And he had, I thought like he showed some good patience on, I can't remember which ball it was, but he, he hung in the pocket on, on a couple of throws. And I liked the throw, the throw to Patterson. I felt like he was patient in the pocket. He got out when he needed to, he extended the play and he hits, he hit um, Patterson on that little diving catch inside the yeah. five. And I just thought that was and a Patterson really nice came play. back for that. Correct. Patterson came back for that he one. He did. Yeah. And, and I felt like that was a really good play by Heineke just because it showed a lot of qualities that I think are mature. And so I think I think there's a, you know, when in practice, and Rivera brought this up the other day, that you're not out there. You, they don't want the quarterbacks running around a ton. They want them to get rid of the ball. They don't want to have the quarterbacks running. And we saw that when, when Griffin was here. There were times even in seven-on-seven seven, he was running way too much, which is a horrible sign. And they don't want that. And so you don't always see what a guy can do and the effect he can have on a game with his legs. And I think we saw that again. with, And I think Fitzpatrick can use his legs too. 
I just think Heineke he can. I think he likes to. Yeah, I think he likes to. He does. I mean, it's really it's the funny part of it when he had, and that really had dawned on me at that point. When Rivera said it. I'm like, it rings so true. You're not going to see the best of Heineke until he's in a game and his instincts take over. Right. Because we're not letting his instincts take over in practice. And the interesting part of that is, like, well, <laughs> if that's what he's best at, why are you constraining him? And that would be an interesting thing to hear. Why do you practice this way if you know that the best of him is to let him let loose? And I think, and and I would say my, if I'm a coach, I want, first of all, the guy's got to, everybody's got to pass throw from the pocket at some point. So you got to use that. I think, and you need to work on, you need to work on the timing of a play, but, but I, but I think to a degree, you've got to have some periods where you can say, now you can go freelance. And they do do that. It's not like they always stay in the pocket because he definitely gets outside sometimes. It's just that they don't want it a lot because it doesn't help them. But it, it does speak to what he can do in a game. And again, just like I said with Fitzpatrick, I always thought that he- I've always felt that Heineke throws a catchable ball. And, I, you know, yes. he's got to throw in rhythm. He's got to do all those things. But he throws a catchable ball wasn't crazy about the throw to Hemingway that that ball was a dangerous throw but yes. otherwise you know catchable balls so you know I, I think we saw what we probably felt you'd see from him in the first preseason game um, I would like to you know I this is not a quarterback competition but I would like to see him against starters for a couple games in the preseason just to see more of that effect against starters you mean him starting the game yeah I w- i'd like to see or at least even playing against some of the starters in in you know with longer stretch like because because you know cincinnati or baltimore have to comply with that which is part they, of, the of course they would i don't ex- yeah i don't expect that to happen it's just that i'd like to see for a longer period of time the effect that he has in that, you know, in the game where he's facing, um, you know, the starters. Yeah, I agree. I'm also with you on, on a main point, which is like Fitzpatrick and Heineke are gunslingers and they're very good outside the pocket and they can move and extend plays. And that's why, you know, it's Fitz magic and whatever this is now, Penn and Teller for, you know, whatever this is, these two, <laughs> you know, magical type quarterbacks. But, you know, the reality is, and I, I agree with you, in the end, the best quarterbacks can make a play from the pocket when they right. have to, when they have to. And not every play can be extended and become backyard football. And in this is why Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, because when it matters most, when he's just standing in there and he's about to get hit, he slices you to death with a, with a perfect throw to somebody. And if you're not capable of doing that, you can't win at the highest level. And so I agree. So maybe that's what practice is about, knowing that in the end, you can't recreate, you know, football. You've got to be able to make the big time play from the pocket. And, and it's got to be one of these two doing it for them. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, obviously with Fitzpatrick, I, I'm curious to see too how he and McLaurin develop because they clearly have, a connection already and I think it's going to be fun to watch that too so anything else jump out you do tonight Bram not really I mean you know I thought overall I, I think I think in the end I need to really look at it but I do really think in the end that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio ought to be pretty happy with the defensive stats because New England left their guys out there for a long time 
it mattered to them. They walk out in the third quarter and go up tempo on purpose. Yeah. You know, like they really tried, they tried to test them. And that, that group, the, the starters and largely, you know, the main backups gave up nine points through that. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's really good. So yeah. I think they ought to be relatively happy with, with that. Yeah. I, and I agree. I think, cause I, if I'm new England, I want to see what Matt Jones can do in those situations, but you know, that teams don't prepare for that kind of stuff right now. So to, that that's an on the fly communication type situation. And, and you're right. They, they did pretty well against it. So, well, there we go. Preseason number one is in the books. And so it's fun to watch football again with people in the stands. That's what I know. That crowd, you know, I got to give New England this too. That was the first time they've had a crowd since Tom Brady's last game as a Patriot 2019. They never had a crowd last year. Those people showed up. It was big. It was loud standing ovation, Mac Jones. And they were largely there till the end. I mean, when do you see that in the preseason? So clearly people miss football. It was, it was really nice to have a crowd again. And I got to give it to their crowd. Like that ain't Brady playing quarterback for them anymore. And they were there start to finish. There you go. Bram. Thanks a lot, man. Yep. That's it for this episode. I'll be back with another one on Sunday when Washington returns to practice. Thanks to Bram for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. Again, look for another fantasy draft on Underdog Fantasy Sunday night. We'll talk to you next time.